What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Welcome into the Mayo Media Network. You're watching Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Chris Meany. Thanks, as always, for taking the time to hang out. We only have a handful of days left in the regular season here in the NHL. So it is exciting times. Teams fighting for the playoff lives. Teams just solidifying their spot in the playoffs as well. We have nine games on the ice tonight. A great guest, Rob Reese from the NHL Network. He is the fantasy editor at NHL.com and, of course, the co-host of NHL Fantasy Ice. We are big fans of NHL Fantasy Ice on this show, so it's a pleasure to have Rob here. We're going to break down all the nine games, talk about them from a DFS standpoint, some picks, some props, talk about some playoff hockey as well because, yes, just right around the corner. So if you are new to the show, please rate, review, subscribe. Smash that like button, as Pat Mayo likes to say. If you have a question, maybe you're just a couple days away from winning that Fantasy Hockey Championship. We want to see those Trophies get raised. So if you have a question, please leave it there in the YouTube section, or you can hit me up at Chris Meany. I'll circle back before puck drop and take care of those questions. It could be a betting or a prop question as well. It could be a question for Rob. You may have one for him. All right, but it is time for the prize picks play of the day. I was actually struggling here today. There's a few that I like, but I had to go back to the usual suspects here in Tyler Toffoli. I was joking with Matty Best uh, behind the mic here, producing the show for us here today, that I hadn't taken Tyler Toffoli in a long time. Well, he's sitting there at 4.1. He was at 4.5, 4.6 for the longest time. And that's where I kind of faded him, but 4.1 against the Sens. And then Miko Rantanen, 4.5. These guys have just been so good to us this season. Why not? You got Toffoli. Fourth in the league in goals, 28 goals, a career-high 18.5 shooting percentage. Maybe we fade him next year in season-long drafts. But as of now, this guy's got seven goals in his last eight games, five points over a current three-game run. Four goals and five points in his last five games against the Senators. The Sens have been playing really good hockey lately, but they're still giving up a lot of high-danger chances, a lot of scoring chances at 5-5 five and five per 60 minutes over the last five weeks inside the top 10 in those ranks. And Suzuki and Toffoli just have it going on right now. And then Miko ran in 29 goals. So the third most in the season, six goals over a five game goal streak, nine points over actually check this 16 points over a nine game point streak, 16 points, got five multi-point games in a row. Miko ran in, maybe he missed a couple days. He was on the COVID list. He came back three games since returning to the lineup, all three games against the sharks, three goals and seven points. He gets the sharks tonight. Talk about giving up high danger chances. San Jose ranks inside the top three over the last six weeks in high danger chances allowed, scoring chances allowed, and shot attempts allowed. Good spots for Rantanen, the over 4.5, and Toffoli over 4.1. If you want another, it's Braden Point over 3.1 against the Dallas Stars tonight. Check out prizepicks.com. The link inside the description of this video. You'll find the promo code there as well. All right, let's bring in Rob Reese at NHL Reese, fantasy editor, NHL.com, and the co-host of NHL Fantasy on Ice. Happy Wednesday, man. Thanks for taking the time. Happy Wednesday to you. We got some good playoff races. We've got some drama carrying over tonight too. So it should be a great Wednesday night slate. Yeah, dude, we do have some drama. Uh, There's no question. So Monday, the Rangers and the Capitals, there was certainly, I'm sure everybody is aware of it now, a big scrum towards the end. He had uh, Wilson there, Tom Wilson with the the sucker punch on Pavel Buchanevich when he was on the ice, on the ground. Then Artemi Panarin, jumps on Wilson and tries to stick up for his teammate. And, you know, Wilson kind of just threw him around like a rag doll with no helmet. And now Panarin is not going to play for the rest of the season. And Wilson got himself a massive quote unquote fine. That's it. Uh, I believe he's been suspended Rob five times in the, the NHL. So I was expecting actually another suspension for him and there was none. 
the Rangers came out with a release basically calling out George Peros, who is head of player safety development and the department there basically saying, and like paraphrasing here that he was unfit for the lead role and that the Rangers were disappointed that Wilson wasn't suspended. So these two teams added again tonight, the Rangers plus 110 at home, 34 and 19. The total here is six minus 129 for the Capitals before maybe we get into the game. What did you think of just the fine? What did you think of the Rangers statement on Twitter? Like that was a bomb kind of dropped from an original six team saying, listen, we've had enough of it and something needs to be done. It's interesting, Chris. I mean, you certainly hope that uh, first and foremost, everyone's safety is key. No matter what you want, you do never, you ever want to see a guy injured uh, on the ice. So it's tough for Panarin, no question about it. I think for Wilson, obviously the player you mentioned, he's been suspended multiple times before. The track record does indicate there that he may toe the line uh, to say it conservatively. So, you know, right away, I think it draws eyeballs. But, you know, Wilson's a good hockey player too. And, and if he can just clean up his game a little bit and, and stay between the lines, I think you're going to see, you know, a player that can really have a great NHL career without being in the headlines. So, you know, Rangers did say something. They expressed how they felt about it. Uh, but obviously, Paros calls the shots. And, and hopefully those two sides can communicate, you know, their standing on the position and, and see what happens here. Now, in terms of the game tonight, Chris, I think you could take the, the angle from the Rangers and say, wow, we're really going to rally around this uh, and get up for the occasion. But I would push back a little bit on that and say the Caps here are probably the safer bet just because uh, – they have this funny thing where guys are out of the lineup and they always rise to the occasion. I would zero in on Nicholas Backstrom in DFS contest. Look at Yevgeny Kuznetsov. He's in the COVID-19 protocol, I believe, for the second time this season. So keep an eye on that one. Rumblings at the you know front office might be a little disgruntled uh, with some off-ice issues with that player. So I think this is a nice opportunity where you can get a decent value price on a guy like Backstrom in the $6,000 range, and he can really get you some value in DFS. Yeah, I like that call. Um, the Raiders have taken four of the seven in this series, but there's been a lot of goals. Like Washington has played to the over in 14 of their last 19 games. Uh, the Rangers have lost three straight games. They've been scored 13-3. to three. So they were on a... A bit of a run, Rob. They're trying to make a push for the playoffs and, you know, they're eliminated. So those four teams in the East, you got Pittsburgh, Washington, Boston, and the Islanders. They seem to just jump each other every other day. Pittsburgh up at the top, 73 points, but Washington just two back and two games in hand. Yeah, this is a game I think you need to keep an eye on from just like who's going to play. Ovechkin returned the other day, had 39 seconds. He's doubtful to play in this game. We know Panarin is not going to play. Uh, Kreider didn't suit up the other day. Oshie didn't play. Kuznetsov's. Uh, on the COVID list, which you alluded to. So there's a lot of just maybe uh, moving parts, interesting parts uh, in this game. Uh, Capo, like he's been playing a little bit better lately. There is some value here when it comes to the Rangers. Uh, I believe just taking a double check here. Yeah, like Capo Caco is 2-6 here. Uh, it's a decent little value play. Matt, do you think that this, I mean, this game certainly is going to be spirited as we bring in uh, Matty Best. Like there's... Uh, you mentioned John Scott in the video. I mean, he posted some video and he, how he was disappointed, but he also said in the video that he was all for what Wilson was doing. So he's kind of like contradicting himself a little bit, but I agree with a lot of what Rob said. Tom Wilson's a pretty good hockey player. Like he scores goals. He, I mean, the Capitals give him an A on the Jersey when Ovi doesn't play. He sticks up for his teammates, you know, 
crosses the line here and there for sure. There's no question. Uh, but the guy can actually play. And it kind of reminds me of Brad Marchand a few years ago when I was just asking for this guy to play hockey. And it turned out he was one of the better players in the league when he stopped with most of the cheapness. I was pretty surprised, Matt, that he wasn't suspended. And I think the Rangers are going to try to do what they can to kind of, you know, go after him tonight. This game could get ugly. I definitely think the game could get ugly. I think Wilson is a great hockey player, one of the best prototypical power forwards in the game. The only problem with Wilson is he doesn't have an off switch or any self-awareness once he gets into the tough and rumble spots. Because you look at Artemi Panarin, and this is honestly like if I were to go up and beat up a toddler because I am that much bigger than a toddler, and Tom Wilson is that much bigger than Artemi Panarin. And there has to be some sort of code there where dude doesn't have a helmet on, maybe I shouldn't like grab him and throw him around kind of thing. If Wilson takes all of this out of his game, and I know we were talking about it earlier, the guy has a chance to be one of the best players for the Washington Capitals. I do think, however, that a lot of the money is going to go on the Rangers tonight because it'll feel like the cute comeback play. Yeah. Um, but this Rangers team without Artemi Panarin in the lineup is a shell of itself. It, it, they look completely discombobulated without him in the lineup. You saw what happened when Putin went and did all that stuff with Panarin earlier in the season. I firmly think that if that whole debacle never happened with Panarin and Putin, that the Rangers would be a playoff team. I think they're that good with him in the lineup. Um, I, I just don't see a way in which... The Rangers win this game. Uh, like Rob was saying, these Capitals just rise up to the occasion when they are missing pieces, and all the plays he put out were plays that I was going to give out. So kudos to Rob, so I don't have to talk any longer. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that's why we got the man on the show. He knows what he's talking about, people. Uh, yeah, uh, Wilson, there's there's no question that he does have a little bit of game. Um, I think this could be spirited. I don't know what Rangers will come out and try to fight him. I'm not sure uh, how that goes. But, um, yeah, I, I think maybe they would be a playoff team. They'd be close. I mean, they're sitting here plus 25 goal differential. I mean, that's better than Montreal, Winnipeg, Nashville, Dallas teams that are uh, going to be in the playoffs. At least three of those four teams are going to be in the playoffs. So they got a tough draw, certainly, with the division. Mika Zabinajad is two and a half shots over at William Hill. That's one that I like. He's plus money and um, actually he's three and a half in some spots. But if you can find two and a half, maybe just get it inside your parlays. I would expect a lot of ice time from him tonight. And he has been really good. Rob, I mean, I know this is something that you guys talked about with Mika Zibanejad um, throughout the season, like the slow start. Where was this guy? I think he had two goals in the first half of the season, one of them in the empty net. And then you just look and he's got 22 goals and 48 points in 53 games. It's like, how, <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> the heck of a run he's been on. It's incredible. And I, I would recommend, you know, you could take him as a center in this game too. You mentioned how high scoring these games could possibly be. I think you're going to see that tonight. One major storyline here for the Capitals too is who's going to be their goaltender at the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, Vitek Vanacek, if he's confirmed to start tonight, he needs to play and win that starting job. So look for that to be a storyline too. That being said, He's prone to letting in goals, and Mika Zibanejad scored the other night. So I think Mika Zibanejad is a good play. If you like shot props, he's 
always a safe player to put in for that too. Now, the, the thing I want to see here from the Rangers, though, is Lafreniere and Kako. They connected on a beautiful goal Monday night against the same Washington Capitals. I want to see who gets the elevated ice time now with Panarin out of the lineup. And I want to see one of those players rise to the occasion. I still think the power play for New York can be lethal if called upon tonight. I just would not touch this team from betting lens. Uh, they were one of my favorite bets in early April when they were playing better hockey, but consistently let us down when the games mattered. Now they've got nothing to play for. Their star players out of the lineup. I think the Caps want that one seed, and I think they'll get back in there tonight. Yeah, I think it's a good call. I think we could see some goals, though, like, you know, with even all those go go guys out of the lineup. Yeah, Lafreniere, 3-9 on DK and Kako, 2-6. I think both of those guys are going to see certainly a boost in ice time. Okay, let's uh, let's change gears here to maybe um, a less exciting matchup this evening, although these two teams played on Monday, and it was entertaining in the third period. We have Columbus at home, plus 148, Nashville minus 175. So the Preds have won six of seven in this series. The 4-3 overtime win on Monday. I believe they were up 3 nothing. They gave it away, and they came back and got that game in overtime. So back-to-back -back overtime wins. The Preds have a league-high 18 wins since March 15th, tied with Pittsburgh, Colorado, and Vegas, but good company. As for the Blue Jackets, they've lost 18 of their last 21 games, a league-worst five wins since March 15th, 1.65 goals against per 60, or goals against, yeah, goals against per 60 for Columbus, and they can't score, Rob. Like, this is a team that given up some goals – and not scoring. And you got Nashville here, 1.65 goals against per 60 since March 15th. That is the best mark in the league. So I think the Preds keep rolling. But as we said on Monday, and I mean, you would have been right if you, if you bet the Preds on Monday. It's tough to pick Nashville at this price, almost minus 200. I'm not a huge believer in this Nashville team. But man, UC Saros has been really good. The Preds have actually played to the over in four of their past seven. I want to get your thoughts on Patrick Line. <laughs> Rob, what a disappointment that trade has been so far. And what do you think about Nashville in the playoffs, if they can make it? Do you think that they can make some noise, or is this just like one and done? I don't know about you guys, but Nashville is just a team that I don't love to bet. I mean, I can't take them on the puck line because they don't score goals. Their offense is so anemic that I think that's, out of the question, out of consideration even. And then the price on the money line, it's just not good enough. I don't, I don't want to touch that. Once at minus 175, I'm seeing on some sites, I wouldn't bet that. Even against Columbus, I know, you know they're not playing well, but that's a good spoiler team right there, coached by John Tortorella that seems to always be in one-goal hockey games heading into the third period. I don't feel like sweating that out if it's the Nashville Predators relying on a goal scorer in the third period. I don't really think they have one, but – if they get to the playoffs, Chris, I think that's where the guy Saros can really elevate his game even further. He's playing at a 928 save percentage right now. How much higher can he go? He might be able to get up to a 935, but then you'd have to consider they're either playing Carolina or Tampa Bay, maybe Florida. I just can't see any one of those matchups uh, going anywhere for that Predators team. I just There's no scenario, no matter what happens, even if Ryan Johansson finds his game that I would see that being at all interesting to watch. Yeah, Matt, you're the Preds guy, the Preds insider here. Um, Matt Duchesne didn't play in the final eight or nine minutes of that game in the third period. So this is frustrating times for Matt Duchesne. And something that you've said all year is that, yeah, this team can beat up on the bottom part of the division, but they struggle with some of the good teams inside the division, and that's who they're going to play. 
Yeah, you just you just look at teams like Carolina and Tampa Bay and Florida, and you look up and down their lineup, and I love the word Rob used, anemic offense for the Nashville Predators couldn't be more accurate because if they don't get a four-goal game from Rocco Grimaldi, if they don't get uh, Tanner Janog scoring a goal and chipping in here and there, you can't rely on Philip Forsberg and Tolvanen just because Forsberg's just coming back from injury. Tolvanen is he's a rookie. He's a first-year guy in the league that some people thought was going to get Calder consideration, which was hilarious to me. Um, and their second line, if they're not clicking, they're not clicking. This team has so many win conditions compared to other teams in the four seed around the NHL that I do think if the Predators make the playoffs, they will be the weakest team in them for sure. And it's not even that they can remind me of the Los Angeles Kings team that made a run and had Jonathan Quick backstop them to a Stanley Cup. I don't see that because that team had offense. That team had defense. And you can't rely on just Roman Yossi to carry this team because the rest of the defense has kind of looked invisible most nights. I mean, when you have Eric Goodbranson, you have Matt Benning, and you have Ben Harper as three of the mainstays in your defensive lineup, uh, you might have a big problem there. The rest of the team, however, like you go up and down the lineup, and for DFS purposes, I just stay away. Forsberg for shot props, I love. Um, I just I can't put a minus one seventy five money line on my ticket to a team that's not Carolina, to a team that's not uh, Colorado, to a team that's not Vegas, or even the Leafs for that matter. I can't do it just because, like Rob was saying, sweating out the Predators is an activity that I don't recommend to anybody unless you want to lose weight real quick from sweating a ton. <laughs> like, giving up a natural hat trick to Emil Bemstrom in the third period is Nashville Predators hockey. That is what they do. They don't know how to hold the lead whatsoever. A three-goal lead to them is just watch out. Uh, I, I won't be betting this game whatsoever except for Forsberg shot prop. Yeah, he's two and a half again, minus 149 at William Hill Sportsbook. He's got seven shots in two games since returning to the lineup. He has played 18 minutes in both of those games. So he's coming off the goal and the assist. He had a power play point in the last game. So, yeah, I like Forsberg. I think he's he's definitely in play. I think we hit that one on Monday. Yeah, I mean, you guys are spot on here. Uh, I was I messed up with some of the goal marks, but I thought it was interesting taking a look. I don't know why I took March 15th. It's right around the six week mark, but 1.64 goals, four per 60 Columbus, which is the worst. And then Nashville 1.64 goals again. So it's like identical numbers, but one team not scoring the other one, not allowing anything. And then Columbus at the same time have allowed the second most goals per 60 minutes at five and five over the last six weeks of the season too. But with all of that said, I am with you guys. It's hard to lay that kind of juice on the Preds, even in putting in them parlays, I was hesitant to do so on Monday. Um, but yeah, maybe just grab that Forsberg shot prop at two and a half. Let's go to Dallas and Tampa Bay. So Dallas had one six of seven, Rob, they were looking good. And then four straight losses. This team can't win in overtime, either 14 losses in overtime or a shootout this season. Sagan returned to the lineup in his last game. He had a goal in his debut. He hit the two and a half shot prop. He's two and a half minus 141. I don't mind it, even though it is against the Bolts. Uh, but Jason Robertson is another guy, just a better price, two and a half at minus 105. That is at William Hill Sportsbook as well. Uh, the free prop shop over at FTNBets.com. So Tampa's won five of six in this series. Uh, the six games, three of them were shutouts. So Dallas has been a shutout three times against the Bolts, and they've only mustered eight goals in six games against Tampa and the Bolts overall, five wins in their last six. They're minus 152 at home. Dallas plus 132. 
this is a tough one too. Like it may just seem Rob, like, Oh, it's Tampa and you know, and we'll move on here. But I would imagine we're going to get the best possible effort from Dallas here as they're four points back from the Preds one game in hand. They basically, they lose this. They're basically done Rob. Well, Dallas is going to be one of my favorite bets here. And I'm actually thankful for the recent slide here because the price is way more attractive now than it would have been. Dallas was rolling there. They were playing great hockey in mid-April. You kind of thought, okay, this is the team that we expected from the Dallas Stars. Sagan's about to come back. It was looking great. And then they go out and, and, and put a losing streak on, and you're like, wait, what team is this? But then Sagan returns. He scores a goal. He played 17 minutes in his debut. Another guy that you want in your lineup for DFS. If you like shots, this guy's lethal in that, in that stack category. So I do like Dallas tonight. I would go as to say that's a hammer job. I think when you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, they just it's going to be hard for them to get first in that division. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. So the only thing they're really playing for is maybe home ice uh, in round one at this point. Vasilevsky probably should not start a game to end the season here. So I don't think you're going to see that. They've been rolling pretty much everybody uh, in the well in the goaltender position, but Vasilevsky lately. Granted, they're a good team. They'll be in the game. It shouldn't be a total blowout, but I would take Dallas here just about any way you can get it. Any price point, I like it for Dallas. I would say they could probably cover a 1.5 uh, point spread tonight too. Yeah, I, I like them as well. Um, I, I think we're just going to see... And they can play with, even though I, I rattled off the fact that they've been shut out three times, but those games against Veseleski, right? So you bring up a good point that Tampa's probably going to rest this guy. And Carolina with another win last night against the, the Blackhawks. It does look like that's their division. Um, they got the four-point lead on Florida. The Panthers only have two games left, and you know Carolina's got the three games left. So I think it's their division to to lose. And yeah, I mean, on Dallas, uh, Matt, what do you think about the Stars here? We get them at plus money. I think we're going to see a pretty strong effort from them. And I love the second call. I mean, I like the two and a half shots. I think this guy uh, is obviously, I mean, he's just a huge addition back in the lineup. This is literal do or die for the Dallas Stars. They have to win this game. Got to win. Um, the plus money on them here, I don't mind whatsoever. I'm looking around. We don't have a starting goaltender for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I am just praying that they put in Curtis. I'm the worst backup, McElhaney, in net, because then I will be all aboard that line. And I think I'll bet this game early, because that's a risk I'm willing to take uh, to get this line, because I do think the line will shift, not dramatically, but quite heavily um, if Vasilevsky starts. Or, I mean, I don't want to say that Gibson is better than uh, McElhaney, but uh, it feels that way. I, I just think if anybody not named Andre Vasilevsky starts tonight, I, I love this bet even more. Even if Vasilevsky starts, I mean, I won't be running to the booth to go uh, bet this game, but I'll still probably have it as a few singles and maybe in some smaller parlays. It won't be a main cog just because the Tampa Bay Lightning and Andre Vasilevsky could go, yes, yeah, stop this now. I will just shut you out. Good night. Um, but as a whole, I can't beat this horse any further. Curtis McElhaney's terrible. And I will bet against Curtis McElhaney any night of the week. Dude, you are hard on McElhaney. He put some good years together with your Maple Leafs. Yeah, he put some real great years together. And then he played Nashville. And Nashville went, I'll score seven goals on you. And to me, I was like, if Nashville can score seven goals on Curtis McElhaney, then uh, watch out rest of the league. I, I just I can't put money on Curtis McElhaney whatsoever. I'm more confident putting money on Gibson than McElhaney. Christopher Gibson, big oh. game the other day um, over the weekend against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, he had a big dub there. 
Yeah, uh, we, we can move on from this, but I, I think Dallas is a sneaky little play here tonight. We seem to be all over him, uh, all over them. I, I, again, it's just um, it's it's fighting for your playoffs lives. Like, this is it. They got to win. They have to get a win here tonight, and they could get a break if there's no Vasilevsky in that. And, yeah, maybe you want to wait it out, but I think uh, we'll see Vasilevsky uh, potentially on the bench or maybe just sitting in the press box. Like, they need uh, a healthy rested Andre Vasilevsky, even though they are the defending champs and they'll be just fine. Okay. Montreal and Ottawa in here next. We have the Sens plus 140, the Habs minus 162, 23 and 28. We've been riding the Sens, Rob, all year long. There was a point in the season where Montreal was minus 300 favorites against Ottawa. We all kind of joked on this show that they shouldn't be 300 favorites against anybody. And that was when they were playing really good hockey. They have won three straight games. The Sens have wins in six of their past eight. Again, using natural stat trick since March 15th, 1.91 goals for per 60 for the Habs. That is the third worst mark in the league. Seven of the nine games have gone under the number, and the Sens have taken five of the nine in this matchup. Man, I kind of feel Ottawa here again tonight. I'll let you take this away, Rob. What do you think of those pesky sends? And would you lay the juice here, Montreal, minus 162 on the road? I don't like that price for the Habs. The Habs are in the same bucket to me as the Dallas Stars this season, the same bucket as the New York Rangers. As soon as you get high on this team and throw your cash on this team, you're disappointed the next day. It happens time and time again, and I'm getting sick of it. And I think from this Montreal team's perspective, I love what Suzuki's been doing lately. He was so cold in the middle of the season. He started great then got cold. Now he's playing better to fully credit to him for keeping up the success for most of the season. That contract looks like an absolute steal. Cole Caulfield is going to give that lineup some juice that it needs. That being said, if the Ottawa senators roll out Gustafson, actually, you know what? I don't like really care who's in goal for them. I think they're going to take this one tight. Three of their past four games have been one goal hockey games. I love that from a betting perspective. At least give me a good game. At least let me know that my money is in it until the third period. I love that. And with a team like the Sens, DJ Smith deserves a lot of credit this season for at least keeping them in the conversation of a pesky team, which you mentioned. And I think a guy like Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Drake Batherson, uh, all these guys are playing so good. They've got great chemistry. I would have a hard time turning away from that plus number on the Sens. Yeah, I have a hard time too. I like the under. Um, you know, I agree. I don't think it matters who's in that, but man, Gustafson's been really good. Uh, he's been strong over the past week or so. And Matt, we joked around on Monday, you know, the, the, the lame tweet that I had or whatever you said from the first overtime goal that Caulfield had, I was a little bit more excited with the the second overtime goal that he had against your Leafs. Even I was fired up. That was a nasty goal. Comes in flying off the bench. Like, that's just, that's entertaining hockey to me, and I'll, that's whatever. Leafs are already, like, locked up in the playoffs. Um, it feels weird picking Ottawa without Cam on the show or without EY on the show. And, I like, some part of me is like, don't do it, don't do it. But it just feels right to do it. Um, yeah. You look at the line and Montreal minus 162. I don't love it. I, I think if this line was around like minus 150, then maybe I'd take it. But I, I just like the Sens there. I think there's value at plus 140. Uh, a Sens and Stars parlay might pay you well if you uh, feel like being a little frisky tonight. Yeah, I mean, why not? Uh, Suzuki one and a half. I agree. There was. I, I can't explain the Suzuki thing. He's still fairly young. Rob, this is a weird, this is just a weird year. You know, last year as a rookie, he was good to start. 
And then he went through that moment as well. And then the break, the pause, he looked refreshed. He was awesome in the bubble. And then he started off this, I think he started off with like 10 points in his first nine games and then a bit of a lull again. And then now much better. And Toffoli just came out yesterday and said just the confidence that he's playing with. He's more willing to shoot the puck lately. Well, I think some people were just seeing that he's going to pass off all the time, but uh, it was a nice pass he made to to Foley the other night, but he is more willing to shoot. We've been taking his shot prop here, minus 140, 1.5, two shots on goal is one that I like a lot. And of course, to Foley at 2.5, minus 145. But if I had to choose between one, because you can only choose one of these guys, you can't parlay them all together from the same game, it would be Suzuki. Just those two shots right around the same price just get there. Uh, I like the sense tonight. They've just played the Habs really well. Montreal has struggled against Ottawa. They came back. They beat them the other night, but they came from behind. It was a two nothing victory or it was a two nothing game in the third period for the Sens. And then the Habs has kind of turned it on, but the Sens have just played them so good. I like the under, I think it's a trend that we can continue to attack there. So why not Ottawa and the under five and a half, you can get at six. Uh, maybe you can get that push. It's okay. Maybe uh, it'll save you from an empty net goal or something like that, but I'm fine with under five and a half. So in here next, we got the blues and the ducks. So St. Louis heavy home favorites here, minus two forty-five. The total here is 5.5, 20 and 30 against the spread for St. Louis Anaheim plus two Oh six, 30 and 23. So St. Louis has won five of the seven in this matchup. There was uh, a moment I think where everybody was really frustrated with the blues when they played the ducks it was a two game set and they lost both of those games. And I know cam was on the show and was, very frustrated with St. Louis. Uh, the under over the last four matchups between these two squads, St. Louis with the win on Monday, uh, 3-1 against Anaheim. Anaheim's lost 12 of 17. So it's tough to, I, I'm, I don't suggest anyone betting on Anaheim and it's tough to lay that kind of juice on St. Louis, but to put them in a parlay or maybe to have them win by two goals is something that I could potentially get behind. But I think Rob, for the most part, it is a stay away, but you know, I don't think the Blues will mess around here tonight. I think they get this win. Yeah, I don't have much interest in betting this division outside of Vegas and Colorado, depending on the price point, which has been non-existent, you know, for the past three months now almost. So really, I wouldn't go near this game. St. Louis should win, will win. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly's the guy that I zeroed in on tonight for my DFS lineup. I had him and Backstrom in a mock lineup. I just like what I've seen with Ryan O'Reilly. He's been the consistent guy all season long when they couldn't find anybody, you know, to elevate their game, whether it was Robert Thomas, Kyrou cooled off at one point, but O'Reilly was the guy that kept everything together. Major credit uh, deserves for him, not only in a betting lens, you know, keeping them in some games, but a, I think a fantasy season long perspective too. He's been fantastic. So I would uh, take Ryan O'Reilly tonight. Again, would never go at a minus 200 price for any team, uh, unless you're trying to, you know, do an, instant parlay with favorites to get your, you know, your odds a little bit better there. But yeah, I like St. Louis, Chris, I'm, I'm more interested to see, you know, what, who is going to get the first seed in that division, because I think St. Louis is going to be a tough team to play. Honestly, uh, if they stay in that fourth seed, which they will, in my opinion, and then they, you know, with their history, I think they could upset anybody. I really do. Yeah, I do too. Um, you know, Pierre LeBron uh, from the athletic and of course TSN, he was talking on Monday, how, it was so important for Vegas or Colorado to win that West and then, and then avoid Minnesota. But I'm thinking, man, you don't want to play the blues either, right? Because they could just turn it on. Yeah. They're just not far removed from winning a Stanley cup. You are spot on when it comes to, to Ryan O'Reilly. I wanted to bring him up as well from a DFS standpoint. He's got 10 points 
over his last six games. He's got six goals over that span. Yeah, it, and he when they won the cup, Robin, you know this, Matt knows this, you know, people who followed along, when they won the cup, they were one of the worst teams in the league at that one point, like right around January 7th when Bennington came and just took over the net. But the only consistent player throughout the whole year on that team was Ryan O'Reilly from start to finish. There was Tarasenko going through things. Uh, Shen was going through a run. Like all these guys were going through something. And Ryan O'Reilly was the one guy who was just consistent. And he has been consistent for this team all year again. So there's been a lot of inconsistencies from everybody else and some injuries. Tarasenko in and out again. Uh, Shen Schwartz was in and out of the lineup. You mentioned Cairo. I think that was a great, like this guy came on to the scene very strong this season. And he went through uh, maybe like a Suzuki lull there as well. So I like, I like the blues. I can get behind them. Maybe, like I said, to win on the puck line, but um, they don't score a ton of goals, but the over has hit in five of their last seven games. So they're scoring a little bit more. This next game here uh, is difficult. We got Winnipeg and Calgary, man. um, So, you know, Calgary's not out of it yet. Uh, they're still hanging around. Now they have six games left. They're 10 points back of the Habs and of the Jets. Winnipeg comes in having lost seven straight hockey games. They've scored one or zero goals in five of those seven games. They have taken five of eight against the Flames, but five of those games came in the first month of the season. Those two teams played a lot over the first month, but Calgary, two or fewer goals allowed in eight of their last 10, but they're only six and four over that span. So we're the team that can't score goals as well. Uh, really, both of these teams struggling at the Jets plus 105 on the road. Is this is this where the Jets break out of it? Uh, we've been betting against them, Rob. This game, I don't see a lot of offense happening. Oh, I love the Jets tonight and, and I'll buck the trend here. I think, you know, it's funny when you look at this Winnipeg team and, you know, when they lost all their defensemen in that one off season, they managed to stay afloat. Right. But now Nick Ehlers, one of their forwards goes out and they can't buy a goal. And it's like, wait, why is this happening now when they've overcome so much adversity in the past? It really doesn't make sense when you think about it. Now this Jets team one month ago was still in consideration to get first place in the division. And then they just fell flat. That is concerning from a betting lens. You never want to bet on a team, you know, typically that has lost as many games in a row as the Jets have. That being said, I think they look at the standings now. They are right there. 57 points in the division. Montreal's also got 57. That's why I wouldn't bet on the Senators game either, although I like the prices. Montreal's playing for that third seed. I don't think either one of these teams wants to play Toronto. I really no. do not. That's the one team in the division I think that is scary, that could even have another level in the playoffs. So if I'm the Jets, I think Paul Maurice is one of the best coaches in the league. He's going to get these guys to buy in tonight. I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is a player that we've been waiting for. We've been waiting to see a good three or four game stretch from him. I think that's a guy that I would take if you can fit him in a lineup at any place. But otherwise, you know, this Jets team, you have to be careful. I wouldn't go all in on this game, but I think this is a great matchup for them tonight against an opponent who you mentioned just isn't that exciting? I mean, that's one of the bigger disappointments I think of the season uh, is the Calgary Flames and just not having anything exciting, whether it's a defense, whether it's their forward position has been so dry this year. And then even Markstrom, I mean, this guy bailed out Vancouver 25 times at least last season. He's kind of doing that occasionally for the Flames, but not to the extent he was doing it for the Canucks. So I would not touch Calgary as a favorite. 
I would go up on Winnipeg. Just don't go crazy with it. Yeah, no, I think you said it perfectly. Uh, the Jets are interesting on the road, plus money. Uh, I think that they, I mean, they have to turn this around. I agree with everything that you said, too, when it comes to just getting that third spot in the North. You don't want to play the Leafs. Uh, you, you obviously don't want to play McDavid or Drysaddle either, but those the Oilers have more flaws. They're not as complete of a hockey team as the Toronto Maple Leafs. So to get that third spot would be key for one of those two teams. I wonder if this is it for Johnny Goudreau, right? Wait, we've been making excuses for the this Calgary team for a few years now. They get into the postseason. They were just manhandled by the Avs a couple years ago. Um, they beat Winnipeg last year, right? But Shifley went down early in that series, and I think they just played a depleted Jets team. I'm not a believer in this Flames team at all. Do you think that this is it for Johnny Goudreau? Like, he doesn't even seem to get like see eye to eye with Sutter. Like, Sutter's calling him out <laughs> numerous times, uh, and I think maybe he's going to get another opportunity here to coach this team from start to finish next year. Would you be shocked if Goudreau is flipped in the offseason if he's done? I think he's going to go to Philly. I think you're going to see a Konechny, Goudreau swap, something like that, where the players just might not be fitting into their perfect ideal role as the coaches see it, as the front office sees it. I don't see it that way. I think Goudreau is a much better player. He's got a higher gear. I just think Calgary overplayed their hand the past few seasons, thinking that this was an actual contender. It wasn't. They're good team. They should be a good team, but they didn't have near enough horses to win the race. So I think Calgary's got to be honest with themselves that the management has not done enough there to insulate players like Goudreau to give him the best possible lineup placement with the centers he needs to play with. And it's not a knock on Monaghan. This guy's been battling uh, wrist injuries the past two seasons. And as a center, that's not a great injury to be battling. So I think it's more of a system, like a, a systems type of thing for Gaudreau. But yeah, that when it's a systems problem, Chris, like it is with Line A in Columbus, I think those guys get moved. And that's when you end up losing a great player. And it, it never, ever works out well. So Calgary is going to be a team in the offseason that I'm tracking diligently. Yeah, me too. Um, me too, big time. And I think if somebody gets... Johnny Goudreau, it'll be on a discount. Like it'll be a, it'll be a great buy. I think he's a great player too. Uh, maybe it's just not a good fit. Uh, it, do, it doesn't seem to be a good fit with, with Sutter. That's for sure. There's no question about that. And you're right about Markstrom. He's been hit or miss, but when you're a Calgary team and you've allowed two or fewer goals in eight of your last 10 games, and you only have six wins to show for it. I mean, a lot of that is, is on the offense too. And it's just the style that they're playing. I mean, they're just playing a very, you know, stay at home. Let's not make any mistakes we'll get pucks in deep you hear that crap all the time and they just get in on the forecheck and they try to create their offense that way but this is a team that doesn't get much from the rush they're not very dangerous at all I like the under I don't think we're going to see any goals I would expect to see Connor Hellebuck in between the pipes tonight so I'm thinking maybe a 3-2 game or a low scoring game between these two teams we've stayed away from Kyle Connor for a long time because he's been like minus 200 for three shots or three and a half. And I know he's been really quiet lately and not shooting the puck a ton, but I think this is an opportunity maybe to jump back on him on the shot prop. He's two and a half shots at William Hill minus 149. That's a good price. It's a price we hammered uh, for like six straight weeks when it came to Kyle Connor. So I think we can get back on board when it comes to him. Colorado and San Jose in here next. We have the Avs heavy, heavy. Uh, road favorites here, minus 278. This will probably push 300 here by midday, plus 235 for San Jose at home. This is the fourth straight meeting between these two teams. Colorado 
has taken the first three outscoring the Sharks 12 to seven. The Avs have taken six of seven against San Jose. Grubauer has three shutouts against the Sharks this uh, season. I don't know if he's going to get in there or not, give him a little bit of a break, but uh, Colorado can probably smell blood here when it comes to the top of the division and getting that division. Their schedule is much easier than Vegas's uh, down the stretch here. So to play Mini or to play St. Louis, uh, who would you rather? We kind of already had that uh, debate, but I mean, Avs puck line. What what do you do when you see Colorado like minus three hundred? Is this a stay away for you, or what do you what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, if you want a, an instant success, instant gratification, I mean, you could take that and and appear to be a smart guy, you know, a good better, but you're not getting anything for it. I think this is more of a DFS play at that, where you have to zero in on Miko Ranton. And this guy, I mean, if he's in the lineup for the full season, he would have been in the Rocket Richard uh, conversation. It's unbelievable how his game has evolved every season that he's played. He looks like a different player, a better player than the previous season. So d- despite what his price is in DFS, and he should be the most expensive wing in the contest outside of when Ovi plays, I, I mean, that is a player that you have to put in at any price point. Shots on goal. Over his past three games, I think he's got 13. I mean, you're getting your value almost right back on that alone, let alone his three multi-point games in a row against San Jose. I mean, this guy is feasting on the team. Chris, I don't care if he plays 12 or 13 minutes tonight. He's getting a goal or an assist. And Colorado, I mean, this is one of the teams you don't even know. You don't even need to know who's in net for them. You can bet it regardless. So, you know, tough to, to say from the Sharks' perspective right now, I will highlight a, a hidden gem for them is Barabanov, who's skating on the top line right now for them alongside Tomas Hurdle and Evander Kane. That's a guy I would have in my DFS lineup. The Sharks have scored some goals seven in their past two, so they can put the puck in the back of the net right now. There's sneaky value in DFS, but yeah, I mean, you got to be looking at Colorado going, this is a lock. Oh, uh, man, Miko Rantanen, you... <sighs> You said it. We can't talk enough about this guy on the show. Uh, He's just been so good. He's got 41 points since March 3rd, uh, and he's missed some time uh, in there as well. So this is a guy that comes in. Yeah, you mentioned it. He's got the 13 shots, 7 points, 3 goals in the 3 games since he's returned to the lineup. He's got uh, 59 points in 46 games. He's sitting there again, minus 161, 2.5 shots. This is the exact same price he had the other night. I told the FTN subs, put 2 units on it. Get him in parlays. Uh, two and a half shots is just too low. Same thing with Nate. I mean, McKinnon is at three and a half shots. I mean, this line just dominates absolutely everybody, but they've been dominating San Jose as well. Uh, they're going to be popular in DFS. It's kind of the same thing we always say. I don't understand Miko Rantanen's price. I mean, he has just been underpriced all year long on on DK, on FanDuel, wherever it is. I think he's been underpriced. And, Again, he's sitting there at 8-6. This guy was 7-3. He was 7-3 the other day when he played the Sharks, and he had three points and 27 fantasy points. So uh, all systems go when it comes to this line. Matt, you go and bring you in here. You're a big puck line guy. Is the Avs puck line on your uh, in your player pool tonight? Yeah, I'll take the Avs puck line. And weirdly, the Avs puck line has burned me on most nights. But it, mm-hmm. it just feels like they're too good of a team, and I'm just narrowing this down to whenever I take them all this bad shit happens. Um, But I'll I'll just go after him here. I I think, like Rob was saying, it doesn't matter what goalie they start. I just have so much confidence in that just forward unit, in their decor, that they could start Curtis McElhaney, and I'd be confident. Um, (laughs) But but no, for, like, seriously, though, I'll take him on the puck line. This is one of the few teams on the puck line I'll be going after tonight. 
Yeah, offense galore. Uh, Colorado or Vegas? Rob, who do you like more? Who do you think makes the deeper run? I would have said Colorado uh, up about until maybe three weeks ago. Now, for me, it's Vegas. I just think this team is incredible. This year, especially, this two-headed goalie monster thing has become a requirement all of a sudden. And I guess maybe I'm a jaded fantasy player because the schedule burned me a lot this season, the compressed schedule. You know, you really had to to tinker around with with your lineup a lot more than in seasons past. But that really reflected well on Vegas with Robin Lehner, who wins every night now, and Marc-Andre Fleury, who wins every night now, regardless of the opponent. I think that is what's going to get them in a deeper run. You know, you, whether you have a little injury concern with one of those guys or whether they have two bad outings in a row, we've seen both play excellent in the postseason. Forget what they've done in the regular season. It won't matter when the playoffs start. You've got two guys in there that can keep you in a two-goal hockey game no matter what a low scoring game. Doesn't matter. Vegas has the offense too. Now, the only thing, Chris, I think you could counter with on Vegas is that they don't really have a premier center, but they've got wings in Pacioretty and Stone, who, by the way, Stone's been fantastic this season. I think it almost offsets it. It's not like Nashville where they really don't have centers. I mean, Chandler Stevenson has been kind of a diamond in the rough for them, uh, but their wings are so good and so consistent. Even going down to their third line uh, with Alex Tuck when he skates down there, you can't really pick apart too many flaws. Whereas you look at Colorado, they have a higher gear. I think this has been one of the better regular season teams dating back the past 10 years in terms of goal differential. But when you look at their concerns in net, if anything happened to Grubauer, they're getting bounced. And I just can't say from this season, I have the confidence to put any money on Colorado making a deep run. It's not that I don't think they're a great team. They're a tremendous team. If you guaranteed me Grubauer was healthy, it'd be a no brainer, but I just can't make that after what we've seen all season. Yeah. And it's not just this season with Grubauer too. It was last year. And there's been a lot of just weird injuries. And then COVID this year, when it comes to the abs last year, they dealt with so many injuries and I felt like it was just McKinnon just putting the team on his back. There was a lot of guys who were just in and out of the lineup and the same sort of thing this year too. They've went through their moments where this team hasn't been fully healthy, but yeah, if there's no Grubauer, I'm with you, man. Like no disrespect to Dubnik, but there's, there's just no way they need a healthy Grubauer. And he's yet to show me anyways, that he can even have a full season in the league. Remember when he took over with the caps, when they went on their one run and they won the cup, excuse me. He, you gotta remember he started, he started that playoff run for them. Um, he, I, who, who did they play in that? Was it Columbus? And they lost the first two games and then Holpe went in and then it was just right. lights out. Like it was Holpe the rest of the way. Um, but for Grubauer, not a ton of playoff experience and not a ton of just showing us that he can be durable. I've always been Vegas. It, it always has been for me. I like this abs team a lot. I think it does come down to both of these two teams. No disrespect to Minnie and St. Louis. Like I said, I think it is going to come down to Vegas and Colorado. That is my one concern as well. Down the middle. They played Alex Tuck the other night at center on the third line. That didn't last too long, but um, Chandler Stevenson has been great down the middle for them. I love the defense uh, defense on both sides. It's a little bit younger. I think the abs still have some, you know, learning to do, but there's a lot of just playoff experience on the blue line when it comes to Vegas. Like Petro Angelo is such a huge addition and what he's going to be able to do in the playoffs. And Alec Martinez, the guy, I mean, he's got a Stanley cup winning goal on his resume. So there's a lot of experience 
that I think Vegas has when it comes to both of those two teams. But back to the apps for a second. We've been having some fun here with just two-point props. It doesn't work like that all the time. Uh, Drysaddle and McDavid are absolute freaks, but it's worked out in both games against Canucks. They were plus money to have two-point nights against Vancouver on Monday and on yesterday. Plus 100 for Nate, two-point night, and plus 165 for Miko Rantanen, two-point night against the Sharks. All right, the final game, we don't even really need to spend too much time. I'm going to be honest, I'm not betting it. I'm not touching it. It's Arizona and L.A., Got the Coyotes here, minus 132 at home. The Kings plus 115. Arizona was, they were fighting, right? They were they were trying to get into, into the playoffs, and they were up on the Blues at one point, but they're five back here now. They played three more games in St. Louis. I'm sure, again, we can throw out all the cliches. Um, you know, this is a must win for Arizona. Maybe they get it, but Rob, uh, not for me, man. I don't bet on teams like this. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I mean, I don't have much interest in this game, period, uh, regardless if it's betting, <laughs> if it's DFS. I mean, I just, I'm a little checked out on these two teams. The the positive spin I will put here on it, uh, as we say, put a bow on it. Two things. Number one, Jacob Chitrin, since April 1st, he's tied for third, um, third among defensemen in points. He's got 16, eight goals in that 17-game span behind Kale McCarr and Adam Fox. So we might be seeing a great defenseman emerging here from Arizona, even without their forward talent, you could see their blue line really paying dividends, you know, in seasons to come. The second thing I'm looking at in this game, Quinton Byfield for the Los Angeles Kings. This is a player that has looked good. He's passing the eye test so far uh, in his little limited time. He's got two assists in his four games that he's played at the NHL level. I really like these rookies that are kind of making a late season push here. We're getting a little pre-scouting on them, you know, ahead of next fantasy season. So I'd keep an eye on those two players in the game, you know, as a casual fan perspective, but you know, to circle back, I really have no interest uh, in, in these two teams right now. No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I thought Byfield picked up an assist the other night. They must have taken it away from him. Uh, I was watching the game. It looked like he won a draw, and then they scored on it. And, but I'm looking here at the game log, and he's got zero points through four. But uh, he has looked good. I The last game, too, I was very impressed with him. But, yeah, Arizona's lost 11 of 14. So uh, the Kings are technically – still alive they're nine points back with six to play um the blues got six games left too so they're not going to make the playoffs but i just thought that was interesting they're technically still alive yeah chikrin has been a beast and i noticed that you've already come out with your top 10 way too early it's never too early right it's never too early to do rankings you didn't have him inside the top 10 for defense how hard was that for you to leave him off because he has been an absolute beast when we look at the board here tonight on dfs and there's no other defenseman more expensive than him it wasn't hard at all. I mean, it, it, enter Roman Yossi into the conversation here. You can be the best defenseman in the world. If you don't have forwards that can put the pucks in the net, you're not being selected at top 10 in position. You can go out and make that selection. You'll get nothing from it. I mean, what Chitron's been able to do the past month is incredible. There's no taking that away from him. I think the player saw his tremendous upside. He's a young player. It, you know, when you look at the position in the league, it takes these guys a couple more seasons to get going. Now he fits that bill. That's all well and good, Chris. But when I'm drafting a guy in fantasy, especially at that position, I need some forward talent. That's why Adam Fox is a no brainer. That power play is going to be first in the league next season. That's why I would take Morgan Riley over a player like that, because I want the least power play exposure. You know, you could enter, you know, maybe Darnell nurse, you know, into that conversation as maybe I would, you know, take check over him, but Darnell Nurse brings Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle exposure. I mean, that's where, you know, the trickle down effect in fantasy matters. And I love what I've seen from Chikrin, but 
it's not enough to put him in the top 10 among defensemen right now. Yeah, it is. Um, I love the Fox call as of right now. And it all depends on context, right? Like, what do you play with? If it's just like goals, assists, points, power play points, then a guy like Quinn Hughes has got a lot of value. But if you're including shots and hits and blocks, you know, maybe he isn't even a top 20 defenseman in fantasy, which is weird for me to say. But it's just, again, it is all about context. But in the leagues with goals, assists, points, uh, shots, hits, and blocks, you got Adam Fox defenseman number one so agree with you uh totally uh that guy's an absolute stud hamilton two headman three chicken four Latang, petrie nurse barry carlson and yossi and a surprise mackenzie Weger. crazy season for him wow. 113 hits 80 blocks 98 shots 34 points only three power play points but that guy is a borderline top 10 fantasy hockey defenseman with those settings, again, everybody plays in different settings, and that's always something you need to keep an eye on. If you're playing in those banger leagues like Eric Young loves to play in, of course, the Eric Young, um, you know, you're going to be giving a boost to guys who block a lot of shots, throw their body around, and maybe uh, take a trip or two to the penalty box. All right, let's uh, recap and round out with uh, just some DFS stuff here for tonight. So uh, let's let's just – what do you I'll, – I'll throw to you first – some of your stacks, I know you touched on Backstrom uh, a little bit earlier. Some of your stacks, where do you think the goals come from here tonight? Like, who are some guys that you're spending up for? Well, I would look at the Dallas Stars. I mean, I think this is a team, again, you know, we've talked about it. They weren't playing well recently. That's all. That's fine. That's that's over now. I would look at, if you can get some Stars stacks, and I, I would look at that. I When I look at Stars stacks, it has to be one of Klingberg or Heiskanen, though. I would not go too heavy on their forward. So if you like Pavelski for the power play goals, I love that. I would do Pavelski, either Klingberg or Heiskanen, pick your poison uh, on the blue line there. And then I would also look at the St. Louis Blues for stacks. Again, this is my strategy just to, you know, as an overarching thing, I like the lower ownership plays when players aren't really going to be targeted too heavily, you know, that's when I'm all in. So I would go back to Ryan O'Reilly on that for my center. And then I would take Justin Falk on the blue line, who, by the way, his price is tremendous. Uh, he's blocking shots. He's got two assists and 17 shots on goal in his past four games. So, you know, forget all the goals and assists too. You need those extra categories in DFS. That's why I think Falk and Riley makes a real O'Reilly, excuse me, makes a really valuable stack tonight as well. Yeah. Uh, I love the O'Reilly call and Falk is a guy that he was four, eight wrote him up a uh, FTN daily.com on Monday. Yeah. The minutes have been crazy for this guy, 29, 30, 27 and 25. And I think my exact wording was, okay, the shots and the blocks have been there. When you're playing half the game, like those counting stats are going to add up. Eventually he's going to fall into some, into some points and maybe some power play points. That's exactly what happened in the last game. And Matt, I just noticed that we missed Vegas and Minnesota. We just skipped over that game. Great host I am here tonight. Um, let's do it on the way out. We'll ra- recap with that one. Mini plus 102 at home and Vegas minus 118 on the road. Man, Minnesota has been so good at home, and they just kind of have Vegas's number this season. They've won a handful of games against them. Rob, um, what do you think about this matchup on the way out? Well, this is a game, I always have a watch game for me, a game that I wouldn't take too much from DFS from, and I wouldn't put money on it. This is that game for me tonight because I want to see – Minnesota deserves a lot of praise for what they've done this season. I want to see how they play towards the end of the season. Vegas, you could say, might have less to play for, but I think they want to get first in that division. I really do think they want that. So, uh, and Minnesota, you know, 
they deserve to be in the conversation with Colorado and Vegas. It might seem like those franchises are a year or two ahead of where Minnesota hopes to be, or even three years ahead at this point. But nonetheless, I think Minnesota has deserved some praise this year. You know, Kirill Kaprizov has been tremendous. He'll win the Calder Trophy. Uh, their defense, you can't say enough good things about these guys for the past five seasons now. You know, they, they've stuck around great chemistry on the uh, blue on the blue line. But then also in net now, uh, Cam Talbot has emerged, Chris, as one of these safe starters in the league whether you're playing dfs and what i've noticed about him too his price is always a little bit lower than the premium upper echelon guys because you know you wouldn't be like oh i'm gonna roll cam talbot out against vegas well why not it's probably going to be a close game they'll probably be down in it late you know 10 minutes to go and all you need is one big save from talbot he's delivered a bunch this season so i do like that angle if you can get the right price for him in dfs but otherwise i just want to sit back and watch a potential playoff matchup here yeah, we say that quite often, actually. Um, you know, it's it's one of those we joke on this show that there's it's a no bet game, and then when Cam's on here, he he freaks out and he doesn't understand what that means. He's like, no bet, you gotta bet it. I mean, LA Arizona betting it. There's no question about it. Uh, I agree with a lot of that. I think Vegas bounced back here tonight. I, I really do. We'll see on Patchetti you know, if he is going to be able to return. I know he was a game time decision and he wasn't able to play. I, I think if I had to choose a side, it would be Vegas. But, man, Cam Talbot, you are spot on, dude. This guy has been awesome all year. He was great to start, then he missed a bunch of time with COVID. And if anybody were able to pick him up, uh, you may be playing for a fantasy hockey championship this week. He has been that good. Um, from a shot prop standpoint, Kaprizov has hit in eight straight games, so he's definitely on the card as well. And from a DFS standpoint, I don't think I have anything really to add. I like St. Louis. I like Colorado. I would just try to get creative uh, maybe with like lines two and three on those two teams. Uh, they Both of them have the highest team applied total tonight. And then Washington in there as well. I think Washington and New York will be a fun game with a lot of offense. I think it's going to be uh, an exciting game. I wouldn't pick Wilson. Maybe he scores, but he also may just uh, sit in the box for a few minutes too. So that's something to keep a mind on. Um, Backstrom, Mantha. Those are the two. Those are the two I think have a pretty good game. All right, Matt, um, you can give us some DFS thoughts and just kind of give us how Monday went. Uh, for DFS, the usual suspects for me. I mean, I'll be going after all the top guys in Colorado and just shaping my lineup around value elsewhere. Uh, I'm probably not going to get cheeky and play a lot of GPPs tonight, but I'll be in on a few cash games. And uh, like Rob said, Vegas Golden Knights, Minnesota Wild, that is my watch game of the night as well. I will be. That's why all... I left it for the end, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. You just you just wanted us to have a game to talk about, a nice casual game. <laughs> um, for your picks, three and five last week, Florida hit for you, Carolina hit for you, Boston puck line hit for you. Uh, missed on Toronto. I bet you're not too upset about that. Colorado puck line also missed. Nashville under missed. Isles puck line missed. And the Pittsburgh money line missed as well. Brings your record to 142 and 105. Shot props, 5 and 1. Everyone hit except for uh, Brian Rust, who I now have a bone to pick with. He is yeah. dead to me. I even went back to Barkov and I got him there at 2.5. So did you. Matthews, Ranton, and Forsberg. And uh, Kaprizov as well, who is just phenomenal. And I'm still waiting for that jersey to get in the mail. 76 and 49 for your shot props. What do you got for us? Uh, I'll let Reese go first. Uh, who are some of your favorite uh, bets tonight? I know you like the Caps. Uh, I believe you were in on Dallas as well. I would go heavy on Dallas tonight. I absolutely love that bet. 
I, I like the Senators' price, but I would not go as high on that just because I do like this Montreal team. I think that's one of the teams, if they end the season well, it's going to be a tough out no matter who they play in round one. So I would fade that a little bit. Again, the price is attractive, but not where I'm going, and I'm big on the Jets. So I would do Jets, Stars tonight, go big on it, parlay it if you want, You know, no matter what the price is. I think these two teams are almost guaranteed victories this evening. Yeah, I like the I like the direction that you're going here. And Matt, I was bummed. I had the Leafs on a bunch of parlays, and they screwed me. Um, and they should have won. And the Habs are starting to get healthy again. They're starting to get a little bit more confidence. I don't know, man. But when I watched them play Calgary for those four games in a row, Rob, I just thought that they were the worst team ever assembled. Like they couldn't even get past center ice with the puck. It's just something I I mean, a lot of credit to the Flames and I guess the way that they play hockey but they just didn't like play with any speed they weren't generating anything off the rush so they're starting to play with a little bit uh, more confidence starting to get healthy I'm not on them tonight though I like the under between Montreal and Ottawa five and a half I like Dallas I like Colorado on the puck line St. Louis on the puck line so Colorado puck line St. Louis puck line Montreal and Ottawa under five and a half Washington and New York over six. I think we're going to see some goals, even though they're missing some guys there. I think it's going to be a crazy game. Uh, Dallas and Winnipeg. So a couple, you know, upsets, I suppose you can call them, but I don't think that they're real big upsets, but you are getting both of those teams on, um, you know, plus money there. So I think from a parlay standpoint, like Colorado, St. Louis on a puck line, throw those in there. And then if you put Winnipeg and Dallas in there, that's a pretty, that's a solid, it's going to be a solid turnout. Uh, for sure. Uh, on the shot prop side of things, there's just so many ways to go. I'll just try to narrow it down to five of my favorites. Uh, Philip Forsberg, Mika Zibanejad, Miko Rantanen, Kaprizov, and Sagan. I'll throw in Sagan there. But Toffoli, Robertson are in play. Kyle Connor's in play. Uh, but, you know, a parlay with just Miko, Mika, Miko, Forsberg, and Suzuki, one and a half. There's lots of different ways you can go here tonight. Plus money for Randon and McKinnon as well to have a two-point night. Lots of action over at ftmbets.com. Guys, we're up to 135 units over there. We're going to be giving picks until that Stanley Cup is raised. Use the promo code Mayo, Meanie, whatever you want to do. Uh, lots of action over at ftmbets.com. Rob, a pleasure, man. Uh, this has been fun. I'm glad to be able to, to return the favor. I know I, I jumped on your show. Check out NHL Fantasy on Ice. Uh, give Rob a follow at NHL Reese. He is already putting together next season rankings, so he's taking care of you. You want to have a little, little plug there on some of the things that you guys are going to be doing here over the next couple of weeks, and I'm sure you're going to have some sort of playoff rankings as well over at NHL.com. Yeah, so we have two massive podcasts uh, previewing the playoff picture when it's all said and done, so keep an eye uh, for those, the rankings, we had Pete Jensen's top 100 forwards release uh, yesterday. We had the defenseman ranks uh, that came out this morning. Uh, look, look at those for next season. We'll have the goalies coming out uh, tomorrow for next season. And then a full overall comprehensive top 250 for next season. You may think we're crazy, Chris, but we're looking ahead. We're trying to forecast, you know, some of these late season risers and how they'll fit into the landscape next year. So a lot of good stuff coming from us. Uh, same with you. We'll be looking at your content here into the playoffs as well. And, uh, good luck with all your bets, gentlemen. Yes. Uh, thanks for taking the time, man. I don't think you're crazy at all. I love it. You guys are killing it over there 
at NHL.com. So check out all the work there. You can never be too prepared, right? You got to turn the page and start looking at maybe your dynasty squads or keeper league squads as well. So from Rob Reese, myself, Chris Meany, and Maddie Best producing the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to hang out with us. A little long, but a, a lot of games here to get to. So if you have any questions, uh, don't hesitate to leave a comment there in the YouTube section. And we will be back on Friday. Cheers. We'll <laughs>